Ladies, gentlemen, or what have you, I'm Orion Lavelle. And I'm Travis Mattingly. And you're listening to Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast, where we're getting real thingy with it today. Do you remember Thing? <laughs> Do you like the beloved uh, friend hand Thing? Yay, we're already in the references. Where this is one of the things. This is one of the Adams Family things. Only an evil yeah, kind. The things. Or alternatively, do you remember the movie Idle Hands with Seth Green in it? This is this is one of the Idle Hands. That beloved. We're just gonna film. drop them all right now. We're gonna drop everything, every reference we have to it right now. That lovely horror comedy film Idle Hands with Seth Green in it. Yeah, we're talking about the Crawling Claw, which is an undead creature and a creature that. I I read the lore part of, and I was like, this is friggin' awesome. And then I read the mechanical <laughs> stat block, and I was like, this is not as cool. Why? Could have been cooler for sure. Could have been cooler for sure. As it is, it feels like a really nice, neat set piece kind of monster, like a haunted house kind of scare monster uh, that you could use if the players were walking around some spooky place, but ends up, to my mind, falling down quite a bit when you let the mechanical stuff get in the way of this kind of spooky adventure and like truth be told like all cards on the table this is all i want is for the crawling claw to have a decent stealth bonus i think that is all that i could make everything else work i could make the kind of lore plot holes work i could make the not like plot <laughs> holes i could make the lore loopholes work i could make the crappy stats work as long as it had a decent stealth bonus i think uh i think that's all it would take for me along with you know some other, obviously I have a greater critique beyond that, but I think really that is the the one thing that is keeping this from it being fine just how it is for me, is I just want a little stealth bonus for this little clackety hand. Yeah, you just need a little bit more, but that feels like it's getting a little bit into final thoughts. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, plus, don't you worry, sweet child. I've got a ton of additional <laughs> thoughts. I've got so many thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, dare I say, let's crawl right in. <laughs> let's. So the art that we get for the Crawling Claw is pretty good stuff. I mean, it's a it's a hand. Yeah. Like I said, it's a thing. You can't go wrong with just a wrinkly, rotted, severed hand, and this is a pretty nicely detailed, wrinkly, rotted, severed hand. Yeah, it sure gets all of the terrible things. Absolutely. The terrible, terrible things you could do with a severed hand. Absolutely. The fingers, they're not fun. The cuticles, they're not cute. The nails, <laughs> real gross. And like there are there are some good details to this hand. Like the You've got a skeleton and a musculature to it that's super visible. It's just this really gross, like, avocado rind green rotted hand. Can't go wrong with it. I really do like, like, the flesh of the wrist is just sagging off of it and the, like, old yeah. bones are peeking out. It's very foldy and flappy. It is, it is. It's, like, sagging off of it. It's nice. It's, like, almost understated. I kind of like how subtle it is. There's little grungy hairs peeking off of it. Like, that would have once been arm hairs. It's for sure the hairs that do it for me. The hairs are like the perfect little final touch that make it uncomfortable to look yeah, at. Yeah, you don't even notice them unless you're having a real close look. And and as you would expect, the fingernails are long and jaggedy and gross. It's quite good. It's 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 not a, a friend, but it is a good thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. How many times can we refer to it as a thing? Well, I'm probably just going to call it a little thing friend for the rest of the episode. That's fair. Mm-hmm. 
And almost to fill out the entire thing, it has a little bit of background. It's got these old looking floorboards. It's very Haunted Mansion. I like it quite a bit. I think that is the appropriate backdrop for this very spooky set piece creature, this very spooky haunted house tableau kind of monster. Absolutely. And like without the little background of the floorboards, it would almost feel like the hand was kind of like floating in some kind of space. But the floorboards really sell the whole crawling really quickly across the floor at you thing. Mm -hmm. It does look like a nice little crawly. It does look quick, even if we'll find that it is not all that quick. It's quick for a hand. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I guess like if I didn't have legs, I could do a lot worse than like 25 feet or whatever it is. 20 feet. You'd have zero feet. Yeah. Hi there. Orion here, uh, and I just wanted to apologize. You see, uh, Travis had said a very hilarious pun, um, and I, I, I was not cognizant of this pun, and consequently I missed it and did not react to the pun, uh, and I, I'm deeply sorry. I do believe that part of saying a ridiculous pun is to hear the sound of your friends' souls leaving their body in a terrible groan. But I did not give Travis that well-deserved treat. Uh, and I am very sorry for that. No, I, I really like, I feel like I didn't sell it enough. The detailing is quite good. Like, you can see the little divots in the thumb bones and in the knuckles, and, like, there are little minor wrinkles that go along the entire body with, like, scars near the stump part where the hand was yeah. severed. It is it is quite good. There I think. Are, like, I was just going to say, there's, like, the, the detailing of the skin changing color across the entire hand. And... Yeah, yeah, the lighting's quite good. I think that, you know, even though there isn't much to it, I think that this might be one of the better artistic representations of a Dean of one of the monsters that we've had so far. Yeah, I'd be willing to say that. I mean, like, just in terms of just straight, like, you know, if you give me a severed hand and they gave me a severed hand with a whole bunch of detailing, like, you nailed what is there and what is there is good and appropriate. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a fair bit of lore to these guys, which is appropriate since they better serve a more investigatory, less action-centric kind of adventure, so there's plenty to uncover. The idea is that, again, this is this is an idle hand. That, that super hilarious 1999 movie starring Seth Green as Mick and Kyle Gass as Burger Guy, you remember, this is exactly the <laughs> same do. as an idle hand. Crawling Claws, the idea is that they are the severed hands of murderers that have been reanimated by evil magic users in order to do more murder or just, you know, do evil labor, I guess. Kind of like a a more strangly mage hand. (laughs) The idea is that the spirit of the hand's original murder person is bound to the hand, and it gives this hand a malicious will that drives it to do evil things. If that murderous spirit is already linked to another undead, or... so, so, So the idea is that there's a big ritual to animate these crawling claws and the idea is that if the murderer spirit that would be bound to the crawling claw is already linked to another undead or if the murderer is resurrected from death and thus the spirit is in their body or if the spirit of the murderer is passed on to wherever on is for that particular spirit the ritual to animate this hand fails does it also if say the hand was created first and then somebody tried to animate dead the corpse is that fine I, I don't know what gets precedent. I believe the idea is that... So, so 
my answer is, is that Animate Dead does not utilize the spirit of the person. You're literally mm, just, like, true. making a temporary construct zombie out of a skeleton. You're right. Yeah, th- I think that's probably accurate. I, I think that's how it go. Incidentally, the idea that, and it, this is just a small little detail, the idea that the ghost has autonomy over it entering the afterlife is something that I'm always in for in fiction. It's like one of those... Like, like in Harry Potter, it's just one of those details that I kind of like where you can have ghosts that are just too afraid of the afterlife to move on because they don't know what will happen <laughs> left. I like the irony of a ghost having existential terror, and I like the idea that these ghosts can be relatable in that very human way. It literally pertains nothing to Crawling Claws, but I do like that, and I, I, when we, whenever it is we get to ghosts, I hope that there's a little bit of that in the lore that's there, even though I don't think there is. Yeah, I mean, nah, yeah. I don't know how ghosts are in 5th edition, actually, so I can't wait to get to those and figure it out. Yeah, I've, I've looked it up before. It's been a bit. I think it's just one of those, you know, lingering will of somebody who died in an upsetting way kind of things. Nothing too special. Yeah. It is interesting that the spirit gets bound to the hand and that gives it, like, the murderous will, but the spirit itself does not have kind of, like, a sentient control over the hand. No, I think it's because they ain't got no brain, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Sure, yeah. It doesn't, no, no, I don't think that's a valid excuse, because, like, whatever, the zombies it's, I, it's Sure not, because I don't believe ghosts have brains either, but... No, no, I don't, whatever, <laughs> the metaphysics is kind of up in the air, I'm fine, whatever. I think maybe, uh, I don't know, I, all I could be doing is giving excuses, and I don't think there are any yeah, details. Yeah, I mean, in... like, it's, I, I'm not saying that it's it's wrong, I'm pretty sure the thing is very blatantly saying the magic ritual causes the mage to have control over the hand. It's just the murderous will does the mage's bidding. Yeah, whatever. It's wobbly magic shit. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting yeah. is all I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is It is a neat dichotomy. And I betcha, well, I don't know if this is strictly true, but I betcha that there's some... I guess what I'm saying is I sincerely hope that there is some neat pros about the dichotomy between undead and which ones get sentience and cognizance and all of that stuff and which ones get to just be shuffling monstrosities mm-hmm. yeah. truth be told i wish that the and this is a little bit more pertinent but i wish that the book gave us some vague rule set for what the ritual for making a crawling claw is because we got the one for liches a little bit and we got vampires a little bit i wish that there was a little like blue sidebar box that was like this is how you do a crawling claw weirdos well, the thing is that, like, it doesn't really give, like, a good explanation of the ritual to become a lich. It just kind of... It gives you, like, you know, you need a vague. phylactery that costs this amount, and you need to have this spell or something like that, and... Is that actually a thing in 5th edition? I thought that was pullover from 3.5. I really do think... I can't remember if it's in the monster manual or if it's in, like, the DM's guide or who knows, because all this information is spread out over too many books. Right. But yeah. I I do remember reading a little sidebar that's like, you know, a wizard can turn into a lich if they have a phylactery that's like 20,000 gold cost and can also cast the imprisonment spell or something like that where they cast their the imprisonment spell on their soul in mm. binding it to the phylactery. Mm. I'm excited to get to liches to figure that out. Yeah, that'll <laughs> be also a cool thing in the future. I just like undead things. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think undead is a, is a fun type of monster. I Give me... You know, put that spooky shit in me. In kind of a neat detail, the book tells us that the ritual is more effective when the hand is freshly severed, so we do get a little bit of detailing as to what the ritual is. Consequently, you get a whole bunch of warlocks, apparently, that are just wheeling and dealing for hands, like bribing executioners and assassins (laughs) to get at them hands. 
and I just it's I, real cool. I, I really <laughs> I like really the idea like of like yeah, like a necromancer that's just a connoisseur of the hands. I just really I just want a whole house of hands. Give me them hands. I like this guy. <laughs> I want to make this guy. In that, in that same kind of weird vein, you probably have this in your notes, but man, I love the blurb at the bottom of the page. Oh, the the horny necromancer blurb. <laughs> You I do. Can't read I it like that. Yes. I was gonna save you it for the end, it. but but there's definitely uh. there's a little horny necromancer blurb that's something to the effect of, "Oh boy, if we can turn hands into these things, imagine what we can do with the rest of the murderer." Well, yeah, it says makes you wonder what can be done with all those other murderer parts, doesn't it? <laughs> I <laughs> whatever. Okay. Do you think there's a big market for that? <laughs> I yeah. I that that is gonna take a turn into D and D that I. Do not presently want to think about it. Discuss <laughs> at me on Twitter if you want to get at the horny, weird necromancer shit. Uh, at me and T Mattingly Art, because Travis for sure is down for discussing that weird necromancer shit. Uh, and I'm, okay, I'm, hold on. I'm always down for a thought experiment. So that's that's my. If you're to find out more about our opinions about horny necromancer shit, please follow us on Twitter. Follow our thread. Subject line, at what point does a severed penis become an inanimate object? Part one of question mark? Yes. <laughs> in, this, in this essay, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so importantly, the crawling claw cannot be turned or controlled by any foreign magic. The claw is completely subservient to the creator, the person who does the ritual. And that is like... That has the cadence of an oh shit kind of twist, and I think it can be used in an oh shit kind of way mechanically, because, you know, the idea that most other undead zombies, skeletons, whatever, may be animated, can be turned by clerical, not clerical, that sounds like a an office, can be turned by divine magic, <laughs> or can be wrested the control of by another spell. The idea that this is an undead that cannot be turned or subverted against the creator in any way is kind of cool. yeah. I think that there may be a nice little set piece where you can capitalize on that oh shit lore stipulation, but since you can mostly just stomp these guys to death in a turn, they only got 2 HP, I don't really think that this will come to very many things except for in a very specific edge case that I have, you know, as so often the case on the show, have theory crafted. In terms of what the creator of the claw can do, they can focus on any claw they have controlled in sight in order to mentally direct it as one would with, uh, I think you mentally direct zombies. I don't know if that's actually uh, what The creator- uh, It's it's more like you just command them to do yeah. something. It's, it's telepathic. You don't have to verbally command them, so. So the idea is that the creator of these claws can focus on any claw they have controlled in sight in order to mentally direct it at which point the claw will follow this direction until basically the end of time. The caveat is, the claw can pretty much only handle really simple, really general tasks. It's The book expressly tells us that the limited intelligence and senses of the claw prevent it from targeting specific individuals for murdering. Instead, the creator can kind of just designate a specific room for the hand to do all the murders in. <laughs> Kind of adorably, the book tells us that claws just kind of feel their way from room to room since they don't have eyes anyway. So I'm imagining just like, you know, some absentee warlock being like, go kill everything over there. And the claws just bouncing from wall to wall yeah. in order to like wiggle its way through a storm drain or something. From the from the inside of the murder room, the, cap the captive just hears like a boom, 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 boom. And then suddenly they're strangling a bound. <laughs> oh, no. 
it's kind of cute. It does make me, you know, I my heart goes out to these small little murder hand friends. Yeah, I I want one as a familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do wish that the whole they have low intelligence so they can only handle general instructions thing wasn't there. Because when I first looked at the Crawling Claw, the most fun thing I could imagine doing with these guys was like a whodunit murder mystery kind of thing, where the Crawling Claw is <laughs> using its environment to stealthily murder stuff that the players are trying to protect. And, you know, the players are spending this entire time trying to figure out the mystery of, you know, who murdered Admiral Blabity Blop in the parlor, only to find that it's it was a hand, baby. It was an idle hand. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Boom. It was a hand. And then you as the DM could have done a whole bunch of cool, like, oh, it murdered this guy by pushing him off a balcony, or, you know, a low-hanging chandelier dropped on another guy. And kind of by degrees, <laughs> the, the players are figuring out these things. As it stands with the lore that we do get, the book just kind of suggests that you pretty much just have the claw rampage around until it's caught. Again, as I mentioned, the claw doesn't have any bonuses to stealth, and the claw isn't very tough. So pretty much, like, I'm imagining the realistic scenario of the claw lunging at something, and then it just gets smacked to death in a turn. Yeah, it's it's like the the world's worst Sturge. Exactly. It's just exactly. swatted out of the air by a monk and then stepped on. Yeah, really unfortunate. I I think that that would be, if I were to use a Crawling Claw, that would be a lore angle that I bend. I think that it's fair to have a Warlock be like, hey you, hide out until 8pm when Corporal whatever is standing underneath the chandelier and then drop that shit on Corporal him. Corporal Ketchup. Yeah. Corporal Ketchup. Yeah, Corporal Ketchup. I think that it is perfectly valid and fair to have a crawling claw be able to perform these simple tasks since they are so squishy and so not strong and so incapable of directly murdering anything yeah for sure they you gotta give them something (laughs) yeah if the claw is directionless if it doesn't have any directions given to it by a creator the evil nature of the spirit behind the claw propels the claw to recreate the same murderous acts that it committed in life So this is the detail that kind of covers for the limited intelligence thing, where you could feasibly have the claw work in a particular way that is more subtle than just straight up lunging at something that's around. Like, you know, if you had a murderer that the lore is, this is the hand of a murderer who did a lot of pushing people off of cliffs, this could be the claw that pushes people off of cliffs and has a more subtle means (laughs) of murdering things, kind of. Yeah. The book still implies that the claw just kind of goes in fingers blazing, but nah, forget about it. Paper over that. Yeah, I I really like that last detail just because it brings to mind the idea of like, and it looks like you have a very similar idea. The party running into like a copycat murderer. Exactly. Scenario. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I I love the idea. It's such a good hook. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of like you know you spend eight sessions trying to track down the serial killer, this Hannibal Lecter figure. You finally, you know, you watch him get executed, and then three sessions later, you find a murder done in the exact same way, and the entire party's like, fuck. Yeah, the entire party, the first thing they'll think is they fucked up. And yeah. that's the best part. Exactly. That's the best part. <laughs> exactly. I think that that could end up being very cool and tense for a little while. At least until they stomp on it because it's got two HP and the Crawling Claw dies. But I do think there are some extra lore pieces that could turn this into a very cool kind of thing. 
that sort of scenario wouldn't be so much of like, oh, it's got a big boss. It's very much just a psychological encounter at that point. But Exactly, exactly. You can shake your party. You get this like very cool like revenge of the murderous hand kind of adventure where the party keeps running into these repeat murders. And then, okay, let me get into the, the Horcrux stuff because I think this is where okay. you can really capitalize on that stuff. So basically how it works is in a very cool touch, the murderer doesn't necessarily have to be dead for the severed hand to be used. So if the murderer is still alive, the claw acts as a sort of less powerful horcrux kind of thing, or like soul phylactery for you more lich-minded folk, where the idea is that the murderer's soul is still bound to the hand. This causes the rest of the murderer to become comatose as the spirit powers the hand, there's no spirit in the body. The idea is that if you kill the body, the ghost-powered hand is still good, but if you kill the hand, the ghost is released and both the hand and the murderer are killed. In kind of a neat touch, if the murderer is still alive, the hand can just jump back onto the stump and then the flesh knits itself back together as though it had never been cut off until somebody does the claw ritual over again. And I think this is the stuff that has the really cool potential to it where like, you know, A, you could have this be like, uh, we super killed that guy only to find out that, you know, they arranged something with this warlock or whatever to have this be like uh, a means of resurrection where like they they send the soul into the hand the hand is severed they keep the hand around and then by degrees you would like resurrect this person by the hand and you know you, this this murderer that you've tailed for eight sessions or an entire adventure suddenly has this opportunity to be resurrected i think it could be a very cool resurrect the dark lord voldemort kind of thing yeah the, the one step under vecna's hand exactly idea. exactly something like that in the meantime, there's still some cool potential to it where, like, if you do as I would do and change the claw to be mechanically a little bit more effective and dangerous, I'd like this as, like, a secret, an ace up the sleeve, almost literally, in a murderer's arsenal where, like, <laughs> oh, fuck, there's a guy in a room that I want to murder, but I can only fit my hand through the gate. What do I do? <laughs> and they just well, take off their hand and it does the job. Yeah. Unclip and... And but. Body goes comatose for a second. <laughs> yeah, let me just find out a nice little place to take a nap, and I'll let my hand do the work. <laughs> Gotta hand it to me. I'm really... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, a big gang boss or something, that sort of self-same Hannibal Lecter kind of figure goes into hiding or, like, uses a crawling claw in order to stasis themselves for a little bit, and then the adventurers have a big old time trying to keep the hand from getting back to the bad guy because if they become relinked then the bad guy, the gang boss or the murderer or whatever becomes not comatose anymore. Or even like a running back kind of thing where you could like ostensibly use this ritual in order to make somebody you don't like comatose and then you just take the claw and run as far as you can. That's what I was about to say actually is like that would be an interesting hostage situation kind of ordeal yeah. uh, that a, a big bad guy could do to the party. It's yeah. like, oh god, they captured one of these NPCs we love, cut off their hand, turned it into a thing, and now we can't wake him up because his soul is in this hand. Yeah, I mean, everybody in D&D is a murderer, so, like, technically we all could make crawling claws. All of our PCs could be making I, crawling claws. I, I could think of at least three three or four NPCs from the game that I run for you guys that could be turned into crawling hands. Yeah, all of our player characters, for starters. <laughs> well, yes, of course, all of your player characters. I meant NPCs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give me that Acropolis of just crawling claws that are just hanging around. <laughs> the claw exchange. 
And as I said, there's that weird blurb where the very horny necromancer wants to get at some donguses, just so you know. <laughs> just look, every time I look down at the notes and I see the phrase killer donguses, I can't. Yeah, yeah them killer donguses. That's the sequel to Idle Hands, Killer Donguses. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. That is a movie that for sure already exists, my dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If not, get in touch, Hollywood. Mike Merles. Come on. <laughs> little Mikey Merles. Little Mr. Merles. Yeah. Mr. Mikey Mr. Merles, if you will. Little Mikey, come on. All right, that'll be our transition spot. That'll be our, <laughs> okay. our big closer for that section. <laughs> the big closer. The big closer. <laughs> our comedy genius, Ryla Bell and Travis Bell. Sealing the deal with Mr. Mikey Burles. <laughs> Getting it on. <laughs> In terms of the mechanical stuff, just like I said with the chimera, or to some extent with the cockatrice, there's just not much here with the crawling claw. The idea is that the crawling claw is a tiny undead, neutral evil in alignment. This is our first monster that does not have a challenge rating. It's got a CR of zero, so that's kind of amazing. I had kind of forgotten yeah. that there were actual monsters that go to zero. I thought it was just purely something reserved for like frogs and small birds and little animals. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Like you would just, the idea of an undead that is as weak as just a frog is astounding. It's, I, I don't understand this weird thing that they did where they were like, let's have the weakest monster that also is not capable of using its intelligence to do weird shit. And also, is, let's give it a fuck ton of lore. It's so, <laughs> such a strange choice, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. If I ever use one, I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. It's got a whopping two hit points. It's got an AC of 12. It's got a little, tiny little scuttle speed of 20 feet and a natural climb speed of 20 feet, which, again, if the Crawling Claw were actually dangerous in any way, it could lead to some neat surprise attacks. Its attributes are mostly scattered with above average strength and dex and then average constitution and wisdom and then, as you would expect, very garbage intelligence and charisma. Since they're undead, they're immune to poison damage and also being poisoned conditionally. And man, I really wish that those things were called different things. I really wish mm -hmm. that poison damage and being poisoned were like, maybe one could just be like called toxic or anything else. Whatever. Dazed. Dazed, anything, or like whatever you want to like. Drunk. <laughs> sure, crunk. Getting it's, crunk. It's immune to that dank crunk. <laughs> it's also immune to, since it's undead, it's immune to being charmed, and it's also immune to exhaustion. They have blind sight out to 30 feet. They're blind beyond that point since they ain't got no eyes. They also have a very mediocre passive perception of 10. I'm kind of surprised that it's blind sight and not tremor sense. Yeah, right? Blind sight is for ears and shit, right? Yeah, blind sight allows you to see things even if they aren't touching the ground. Like that? Maybe it's like a ghost sense. They yeah, I think that's sense. what it is. I think it's like the magic ghost sense, but it just mm. feels kind of like it should be tremor sense. You're you know? right. You're right. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Weird. Well, you got to give the crawling claw something, so there's blind sight for you. Yeah. <laughs> they also understand common, but they can't speak, which I've been mad at before in the past, but since it's a fucking hand, I'll let the not speaking thing slide this time. <laughs> but what if it just like formed a little like 
Oh man, if it did like a labyrinth where like it just made a little mouth, it was like burp, burp, yeah, burp, or it just burp, made a mouth out of its hand and it started talking to you. That would be fucking great. <laughs> All right, in that case, you don't get a pass this time, Crawling Claw. Yeah, I'm back to mad now. Turn your shit around, D and D. In terms of traits, as the lore suggests, they have the trait turn immunity, which means that they are immune to effects that turn undead. And this could be kind of cool for instances where, and this was the theory crafting that I mentioned earlier, where like I can imagine a scenario where the party sees the hand about to kill someone important that is kind of out of reach, like up on a balcony or something and the hand's about to push him off. And then in a last ditch effort, the cleric will, you know, I, I cast turn undead to try to save. And you as the DM get to look them dead in the face and say, no. <laughs> so I can imagine that as being a cool thing. Again, beyond that, the crawling claw isn't very dangerous. So like, eh. I guess I can also see it as like, a, you know, if the warlock is in the room and commands the hand to go open the thing that will give them so much power, like go and grab me a staff or something. I can imagine that also turning the tides of an encounter. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. So... The Crawling Claw is immune to the effects of the cleric divine thing, Turn Undead. Yes. Does that make the Crawling Claw immune to the Turn Undead improvement that causes it to also destroy undead? Uh, uh, I don't know. I could go either way with that. I can see, you know, maybe it's just immune to the entire effect, but I can also see, you know, since they're so weak, it would feel kind mm -hmm. of weird if they were immune to this divine wave of destruction that could potentially capitulate more, much more powerful zombies. Yeah. It is also a funny idea to see, like, the cleric doing turn undead against, like, a horde of zombies, and it just, like, uh, <laughs> just a bunch of ash just falls to the ground, and then from the ashes, just, like, five leaping hands. Oh, uh, it's just, <laughs> like, a little skitter out, like, blip, 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 blip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. I... I, I think I would just let them destroy it if they're at that level. Well, yeah. But I do like that idea quite a bit of like, I, I think that could still work of like, if there's an entire horde of undead, like a whole bunch of zombies coming at you and the cleric's like, nope. Mm -hmm. And then there's, there's this little guy that's still like, ap, 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 ap. can't kill me. I think that would be cute and good. And again, you know, if this was a trait that a skeleton had, it would be broken. But since it's a useless mm -hmm. little crawling claw, it's fine. In terms of the actions that it gets, it's just all it gets is one crappy little claw attack. It has a pitifully appropriate, but very sad plus three to hit and a very pitifully <laughs> appropriate three 1d4 plus one slashing or bludgeoning damage since they can either do a claw or a punch. And that's all they got. That's it. <laughs> the thing is, though, it can't levitate. Nope. All it can do is punch your ankles. Or climb on you and, like, slap your face. Yeah, it's it does, like, a jumping slap, and then it falls to the ground. Yeah, it's like Thing. It's like my my favorite friend Thing. Yeah, my friend Thing. Thing, you remember? Thing was very combatively capable. He did all sorts of things in the Addams Family movie with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, I do remember Thing was very sassy. Yeah, he's a good sassy hat. All right, I don't know what the fuck to do with this guy. Like, I don't know what to do with the girl. As it is, I don't know what to really do with it. So they don't have a stealth bonus, so they can't do any ambushing. They don't do much damage. They're not smart enough to kill things creatively either. I, like, maybe they could work if there were a bunch of them. Like, if it was a horde of claws. I mean, like, the, the fact that they have the turn undead immunity, it kind of begs for these guys to be strikers or, like, things to rush the party. But you would need a lot of them... And 
it would be really obnoxious to run 50 crawling claws, which is pretty much the amount you would need to make them dangerous. Yeah. If you wanted to conversely make them sneaky little hand assassins, again, the first thing that you got to do is bend that rule that says claws can't do shit in order for them to, like, deliver poisons at the very little, like, spike the punch with something dangerous or whatever. Beyond that, like, these guys just, again, feel more like set dressing. Like, oh, gross, the hand skittered in the spooky basement. Ew, that necromancer has a little hand <laughs> as a familiar. I, uh... I will say, like, to be fair to the crawling hand, doing what we've done with pretty much every other monster, where we look at the CR... Yeah. If you were to, say, throw a crawling hand at a... Just surprise a party a party of four level ones with a couple crawling hands, they could knock out a wizard. Yeah, yeah. Four crawling hands, they could knock out a wizard. Two, two crawling hands could realistically knock out a wizard. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, just to be fair to, chal- to challenge rating, because we've did that with bugbears, we did that with everyone else. Yeah. If yeah. you, just a party of level ones, you can knock out, like, the wizard or so the that, sorcerer. So there you go. If you had two crawling claws that were to rush the party and not be seen with their no stealth bonus, they could knock out yep. the wizard, the first yeah. level wizard. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, whatever. again, it, <laughs> yeah, it feels like how it is. It feels like this is a familiar kind of character. Like, this is a, oh, we're fighting the Archmage, that is the actual threat, and oh, they have a little crawling claw that's delivering them potions or something. Mm-hmm. I super wish that they were more capable so we could do whodunit stuff. In fact, this is a monster that, like we talked about with the Cambion, I kind of wish was split into two. So, like, I wish that there was a super sneaky, stealthy assassin version that could do the whodunit kind of stuff. Like, had you know, sneak attack or some variation on it, and then also cunning action in order for it to scurry away, and it's crawling up walls and getting around stuff. A very dexterous hand. Yeah, and had, like, the intelligence to do this kind of creative killing stuff. And then I wish that there was another mob variation that was just a big fucking horde of hands. (laughs) The swarm of fists. Literally just a swarm of crawling claws (laughs) for combat purposes, for, like, if you need, you know, just in case you have that weird warlock that's been a connoisseur of hands and collecting a whole bunch of hands and then they just res (laughs) all the hands and send them at you. I think that would be really cool and like, and could provide this extra tactical layer to combat where, you know, you have this caster that's debuffing you and slinging magic missiles and shit at you while this big horde of hands is grappling you and keeping you from rushing at the mage. Yeah, I think, I think those are pretty solid ideas for how to make this suck a little less. I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be cool. And like, especially you wouldn't have to make them super tough. And there aren't a whole lot of really big monsters that are in the early game. I kind of like the idea of literally like a size category, huge class of crawling claw horde that is just there to overwhelm and keep the players from rushing at this mage. I think that would be really cool and interesting. It's like a rat king, but made of hands. Exactly, just, exactly. And all the hands are linked at the pinky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing the labyrinth thing where they're making faces and shit. I think that would be really cool. But unfortunately... The shambling hands. Unfortunately, this is merely a wish of what could have been. Aye. Yeah. But that, I mean, like, that is about it. Like, those are my ideas for what we have here mechanically. Uh, and what we could do with the lore beyond that. Like, again, I liked the lingering evil thematic stuff. I like the idea of a big, important murderer 
that is getting something like a resurgence or like the copycat killer thing or like a big campy horror mansion level of D&D where, you know, they're finding weird hands that are moving around and doing weird shit. Yeah, campy is actually a really good word to describe this creature. Just Yeah, like, it's a haunted house thing. On like, the whole. Yeah, you don't expect the dead hand to move. It's a gotcha and not necessarily a threat. And I wish that, yeah. you know, it was, it could be used more as a threat. And the way it turns out, this is just another monster like the Chimera that I wish had a better stat block to do the lore part justice. Mm. Yeah. You know hmm. what it could have. Yes. To, to I just thought about it. And because this was I was thinking I was like, well, if I were to do a crawling cloud, I'd probably have to do this. And then it would like have this effect. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is the thing I should have said when we were talking about. It's if it had that thing that cloakers have, well, vaguely the thing that cloakers have where they can attach to someone's head and blind them. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Something like that, even something that could make it useful in a larger fight or something. I think that would be just a huge dead hand that just grapples your face. Oh boy, like Wallmaster <laughs> from Zelda? Fuck yeah. I'm always down for a Wallmaster from Zelda. Yeah, except your face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish that as well. But that's all I got. Yeah, I don't have much else to say. I like I like the Crawling Claw. It just doesn't mechanically live up to what I like about it. <laughs> yeah, I like the Claw, but the Claw doesn't like me. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta find you a monster that loves you. You know? Mm-hmm. Cloaker loves you. Cloaker's always there for you. Cloaker can't stop loving you. Yeah, yeah. Cloaker biologically needs to love you. The crawling claw is is deuces. <laughs> it's gone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail. I hope you enjoyed what you listened to. If you did, feel free to listen to more Tooth and Nail. Feel free to leave us reviews on iTunes or wherever you may have listened to this, Spotify or what have you. If you're sick of listening to Tooth and Nail, we've got a whole host of stuff on nerdsmith.org that you could have a look at as well. Plenty of actual play stuff, plenty of cool podcasts, Dear DM, Monster Crush, as we so often plug. Uh, feel free to check yeah. those guys out. But until then, what's our creature comfort for the night? Well, I think uh, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think yeah. you need to get on the couch after making yourself some hot cocoa, sit down, snuggle in, yeah, turn yeah. on uh, an old VHS. Yeah, and and sit yourself down and watch Rodman Flender's seminal 1999 horror comedy Idle Hands, starring Seth Green, Kyle Gass, and a very young Jessica Alba. You won't regret it. Probably, you won't. No, maybe. you'll. That's that's one hand that won't disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> have a good day have a good day <laughs> yeah, goodbye <laughs>